4: feeling about this welcome to episode 340 of blue harvest i'm your host hauls burkhart and i'm your host will win and buddy how are you doing you're doing well? How are you? I'm all right. You know, just, uh, just hanging, right. in, hanging in there, working, yeah. stressing, playing a little Elden Ring.
3: working, yeah. Yeah. Elden Ring.
4: How's uh? I know you were bouncing off Elden Ring a little bit at first, but I felt like last weekend you started to get your uh, sea legs.
3: Yeah, I kind of have. Yeah, and I've done some exploring now that I can uh, kick off the training wheels a little bit. Uh, I, I, my current frustration is, uh, I will play for a good long while and then I'll lose, uh, I won't, I will, I'll be really far from a point of grace or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I will lose like three or 4k worth of souls. And then I'll, I will, I'll set it down for a minute because I'll be very angry buddy uh, and do something else.
4: That is uh very relatable. Let me tell you. And I know it
3: happens and I know it's just, you got to eat it and keep going. But like, I'm still at the point where it makes me very angry and it makes me set it down, but I know I got to get through it.
4: Um, You know, and at the level you're at now, three or 4,000 souls is a lot. Mm-hmm. And at the level I'm at, like I would like three or 4,000 souls would be a bummer for sure. Right. Like even to me, just because that's, that much more i gotta do to try to get my next level right but i'm at the point now if i if i don't have enough to level yet and i lose all my soul sometimes i'm losing 30k
3: oh my goodness i think oh our
4: buddy God. jeff was texting us one day that he lost 70 something k
3: oh my goodness the lost porn is disheartening dude that's tough that's tough oh i can't imagine well, I mean, I guess the higher enemies in the area you, you get more yeah. souls with them.
4: Yeah, obviously. like I think the last real big boss I beat I got like, I don't know, sixty or seventy thousand souls for beating them.
3: And that's really what you do, right? You farm the bosses for souls. Right? Well once no you, you can only beat them.
4: No, you can only fight the bosses
3: once. Oh, I guess I had never gone back and tried. I just assumed they would no. be there. No,
4: What you'll do is is uh, you know in each different area there'll be you know a, a you know an appropriate place, and you'll just kind of discover them naturally a lot of times yeah. where you can farm souls, and okay. you know I've even looked up a couple of different areas to farm souls, and I sort of judge like eh. Does that seem a little too cheesy to me? Like, there's this one where you can trick this magical ball into rolling off a mountain, and it gives you, like, 2,000 uh-huh. souls every time, and people will just oh wow do that over and over and over and over again and get a bunch of souls.
3: Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know. I see what you mean. I um, really want to put effort into that. I, I've been, uh, I'll destroy the wolves, I'll destroy the Vikings, I'll destroy the... Guys, the knights in and, and the spear captain in the little camp. Then I'll do the giants, uh, and then I have been exploring. I, the next boss I got to beat is the pumpkin head. I uh, okay, yeah, I fought I beat, that one. I beat the one on the coast, and I beat the. I, I finally beat the watchdog guardian, and I, the the pumpkin head's my next one down there. I think.
4: Yeah, and I can point you to some other dungeons that you wanna. <laughs> probably hit in those areas um that might not be as tough i had a tough time with that pumpkin head guy um i know exactly the one you're talking about he's in some ruins down in the basement yeah yep that's right yep i know exactly what you're talking about
3: difficult because there's not a good way to kill the vegetation the enemy on top that is where
4: those those poison flower things Man, I yeah. hate those. That's where um
3: I was like, man, I wish I had a fire spell or something. That w- would be
4: my my key to that was uh ranged using a, a bow. That's oh, where that came yeah. in really. I make myself <clears throat> well I'm glad you're uh you're enjoying it and getting the hang of it, buddy. I knew you could. Yeah. There was no doubt yeah, in my mind.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I got the hang of it. So
4: we've got some fun stuff to talk about um in Star Wars news this week. One is crazy one is fucking crazy and one is uh unconfirmed but i'm quite hopeful about it although i know i'm not necessarily in the majority about it so that's it's a little bit of a tease of what we're going to be talking about today
3: interesting i'll i'll leave one thing for the video game star wars talk um just since we were talking video game uh, last night weirdly enough uh, my friend Gray sent me a, an invite to play Battlefront 2, and this was as I was getting the kids down for bed, and I was like, what? This dude wants to play Battlefront? That's crazy. And so I was sending him a message. I was like, look, I'll, I'll hop in your party when uh, when I get the kids down. But I started uh, – I put my CD in uh, for uh, Battlefront 2 to get it downloading, and I had the best time playing Battlefront 2 last night, like – it was so good. It's so you much guys,
4: fun. you and Gray, got to let me know next time y'all want to play Battlefront too. I would. That's what I was thinking. Love. I
3: was like, "How's oh, with dick this?" Because this is in good shape. This game is in good shape. It is as well. Like, we were.
4: I mean, we were playing it less than a year ago. You and I, remember and we, we,
3: I, we were doing well. Yeah. yeah. So like, we were. The next in.
4: time you and Gray want to get down on some Battlefront, it will be installed and ready. On your boys' Xbox. Let me just Hell say
3: that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
4: <laughs> so, before we get into the rest of the Star Wars chat, how about you guys follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod? And if you really enjoy our show and you want to support us and keep the podcast growing and healthy, how about you check out our Patreon page where you go in, you sign up, and for as little as $3 a month, you get access to all of our bonus podcast recordings you get a fancy exclusive rss feed and it's going to have all the bonus shows on there um you know i would say the most recent release we have is a brand new episode of masters of harvest kasi speaking of star wars video games that uh that's the star wars video game show that uh, i do with our buddy king tom and in this one we're talking about bounty hunter the old playstation 2 and gamecube jingo fett game um i have an immediate reaction to uh obi-wan's trailer up there right now along with immediate reactions to episodes of mandalorian book of boba fett and the bad batch and of course that will continue throughout this year as we get a ton of new star wars content we have Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws with me and Jesse, Cooking with Will. Guess who that's with? That's with Will. Mm-hmm. With Will. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steve. Po- uh, uh, Steel. Steve versus the prequels with our buddy Steve. Padula Rossa with Emily Lind. We'll have a brand new episode of that out next week. Um, and a lot of other stuff. So if you're interested, patreon.com slash Podcast. And a big thank you to our patrons. You guys are the best. And we appreciate you so, so much. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you so much. So, buddy. What would you say is my favorite TV show of all time?
3: Uh, That would be Lost.
4: That would be J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, Lost. Even though, you know, J.J. played... A big part in getting the show off the ground and and all that, you know. I think it is fair to say that most of the credit should go to the two showrunners and their writing team and everything. But the two showrunners,
3: Damon Lindelof mm-hmm. and
4: Carlton Cuse.
3: Carlton Cuse.
4: Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. Now, Damon Lindelof,
3: I only know that because you love Lost so much,
4: I by the way. and because. When I like something so much, I can't shut up talking about it, even if someone doesn't want to hear about it anymore. Hence, this podcast. <laughs> um, Damon Lindelof, he is a guy whose work I would say I mostly enjoy. I love Lost, even love the ending of Lost, which is, you know, a sore subject for a lot of people. I love Prometheus. I thought that was a solid movie uh liked the leftovers, liked his Watchmen series on HBO and so on and so forth. That's good too. I'd say the one time that I maybe didn't gel <clears throat> with something of his was Star Trek into Darkness. Uh which was the mm. second one with Khan? Yes. And Benedict okay. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um You know, just didn't really do it for me. I'm not the world's biggest Trek guy, so it wasn't like I watched it and it was like end of the world for me. It just, I was like, eh, not that great. You know, moved on. Um, But I'm otherwise a pretty big fan of his, and I've often wondered what would uh, his involvement in some sort of Star Wars project be like, right? Right. Well... According to a reporter by the name of Jeff Schneider, who is uh, formerly of Collider, uh, he is hearing that Damon Lindelof is, in fact, involved in writing some sort of Star Wars project. Wow. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder... That's amazing. You know, back in the day, when J.J. was hired for... The Force Awakens, I did wonder if uh, they would uh, possibly use Damon Lindelof. (laughs) Granted, that was after the reaction to Star Trek Into Darkness, so it didn't seem like it was necessarily um, in the cards. But, you know, since then, Damon Lindelof has gone on to have uh, specifically that Watchmen series on HBO, which was really well-reviewed and was really fucking solid, I thought, right?
3: Right, I agree. Uh,
4: so, you know, maybe things are turning around from old buddy Damon. Maybe he will. And supposedly this is not a, a, like a Disney Plus deal. This is a movie. Supposedly he is um, working on a Star Wars movie. And I hope it's true. I would be very stoked, very stoked to see what that does dude does with Star Wars
3: you know i i I would too. I was thinking about Star Trek into Darkness. Um, I didn't mind it terribly, but I have to admit the whole reboot star Trek uh it keeps trying to one up itself like the stakes are you know, solar system ending, you know, Mm -hmm. every and I understand with a movie like it needs to be that way. But like, I don't think Star Trek really lends itself to that way of telling stories very well. Like sometimes in the movies, like, yeah, like in, you know, but honestly, Star Trek, I think is better done. I don't know. Cerebrally episodically, kind of like Picard, I -hmm, guess, mm -hmm. is doing. Uh, I get that personal take, you know,
4: you know, once again, I'm not the world's biggest Star Trek guy I've seen a lot you know my dad's a massive Star Trek fan so I've seen pretty much all of it I'm I'm not really um, caught up on any of the new stuff the new shows but it's not even because I'm like ah fuck that I don't want to watch it it's just yeah. there's so many hours in the day and so many other things to watch and it just you know hasn't happened yet I'm sure one day I'll dive in and check out the new Star Trek stuff
3: yeah <clears throat>
4: but you know when you say that about the Star Trek movies, and this is probably, this could even be just attributed to a difference in taste or opinion. Sometimes those Star Trek movies, the ones that I think are real stinkers, just feel like big Star Trek em- uh, ep- episodes. Like, which, mm-hmm. what was the next generation movie that came after First Contact? There was Generations. Oh, it's
3: hard to come out. I think it's content.
4: Insurrection. Insurrection. That one is bad.
3: It is bad. It is. Like, you. I can't argue with you because that one is bad. First Contact is Excellent. great. That's it's my favorite. the best Star Trek movie. And I, that's the one where, like, I was, in my mind, I was thinking the stakes are pretty epically high. Like, mm-hmm. it is galaxy ending, you know. But, again, it's a movie. It is an Avengers-level threat. Like, but, you know, you had a whole... You know what is it? Seven or eight seasons worth of building, you know, to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely, absolutely.
4: <clears throat> so, you know, uh,
3: and like a, I guess, I guess what I was saying was the new Star Trek is good. The the re, it was good. The reboot it just kept trying to outdo itself. Like the stakes had to be crazier, you know. Like, yeah, you I know, know, I somehow. really
4: enjoyed the first one. The first one yeah. in the reboot timeline
3: um and it was really good at setting the stage too
4: yeah and and like i thought you know i don't know once again i don't know how um it's viewed in the wider star trek fandom but someone who is more casual with their star trek viewing i thought it was like an interesting way For them to do a reboot, but also acknowledge everything else without like, like, so they both exist at the same time because it's an alternate timeline. I thought that was very cool. Uh, Um, Yeah, I agree. um, And then, you know, the second one, I didn't like as much. Once again, it's not like I hated it. I was just like, oof. And, you know, uh, the marketing. have seen the
3: third one, to be honest. uh,
4: Not bad. I saw it. I saw it once. And was like okay, not bad. Um, I could not tell you for the life of me what the overall plot or threat or anything for that one is, though. That that one. I totally just think I remember me.
3: like a motorcycle chase and like a lady with black and white makeup all over her. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Yeah, there was like a dirt bike chase, and they, they explain it. It's explained in some way. That Might have been kind of yeah. goofy, I can't quite remember. Um, right, but regardless, uh, the prospect of Damon Lindelof being involved in a Star Wars movie is right up my alley. Like I said, I yeah. know he is a divisive figure for some folks, you know. Uh, when I say, I'm I mean, like,
3: so is Ryan Johnson, but I love what he does in Star Wars, yeah, man. me Ken, too. But I want to
4: see more. I
3: don't know that you.
4: I don't know that Damon Lindelof is as divisive as Ryan Johnson. Maybe I'm just saying that because to this day I'm still seeing pitch, people bitch about The Last Jedi, and not just like, "Oh, I didn't like it." If you didn't like it, obviously that's fine. But I'm talking like
1: vitriolic hate.
4: Yeah, toddler throwing yourself on the ground, kicking and screaming, bitch about it, right? Yeah. So, um, but you know, like I said, I know when I say I like the ending of Lost, a large majority of people are going to be like, what? You liked that? And I'll be like, yeah, I really did. It's my favorite show of all time. And I, frankly, it's not that I even like the ending. I love the ending of Lost.
3: <coughs> um, then... I mean, what do you want? You want everybody to be unhappy? Like, <coughs> like, you want to end the story with everybody... Unhappy and not with each other,
4: and and then um Prometheus, you know, the sort of prequel to I liked Prometheus, it's very cerebral, like intense, me too, buddy, I really liked it and and it bummed me out after you know when they went to do the the sequel to that, what I can't even remember what it's called alien legacy
3: and legacy it's not resurrection or something like no that.
4: resurrection was oh alien covenant was the, the covenant alien covenant was the sequel and I, like i feel like that one almost reacted to prometheus the reaction to prometheus and in, in too harshly or something um but even that one i kind of liked all right I haven't seen that one. That's all right. I like Prometheus better. And and it bummed me out because, you know, when they started Prometheus, I think it was meant to be like, you know, this whole sort of prequel trilogy. Um, and the, um, I think the box office and reception to both Prometheus and Covenant sort of uh, stopped that train in those tracks. Yeah, I get it.
3: It's a hard time for movies, though.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. But, you know, the, neither of those movies had the, like, well, you know, it was during the pandemic <laughs> to fall back on. These, yeah. those two movies came out well before that. I think, uh, Prometheus was like 2012 and Covenant was in, I want to say 2017. Oh, was it? Yeah. It's been a little while. So, huh. <laughs> anyways, um, So you want to talk about some speculation. I I don't know even how to start this one, right? Mm. So, you know, I've been talking about it the last couple weeks leading into us getting the Obi-Wan trailer and all that. But it seemed like once Book of Boba Fett ended, the floodgates for Obi-Wan really opened. And I don't just mean an official promotion because sometimes it doesn't seem like the Lucasfilm promotion floodgates fully open ever. Yeah. Um, But what I mean is like rumors, articles, et cetera, et cetera, really started hitting their stride. And this week, uh, there was an interesting article from Hollywood Reporter about the version of obi-wan that we're not going to see so you know we've talked about it a lot in the past where um i want to say it was beginning of 2020 end of 2019 they paused production on obi-wan to rewrite we talked about it last week because they Uh mentioned it in the Entertainment Weekly article specifically saying that like Kathleen Kennedy thought maybe the first set of scripts were too grim and wanted to work some of that Star Wars hopeful spirit into it, right? Right. Well, Hollywood Reporter comes out with a report this week um, and they had uh, some interesting quote-unquote information about the Obi-Wan series that could have been And as they explain it, um, the main antagonist of the Obi-Wan series was going to be Darth Maul. And they say that he was so much going to be the main antagonist that Ray Park was involved in stunt training and costume fittings, makeup tests, <clears throat> my goodness so on and so forth they hired a young actor to play luke skywalker young luke skywalker he was eventually replaced with the actor we see in the obi-wan trailer that we got last week <clears throat> so on and so forth and then there's some other artic- uh, the, some other information in there like that dave filoni and john favreau were looking at the scripts or story ideas for Obi-Wan and felt that it came too close to the story they were telling in The Mandalorian, that whole lone wolf and cub interpretation in a Star Wars story where, like, you know, you have the Mando protecting baby Grogu. (coughs) So it seems like when they say that, that, you know, It was going to be a story. So they were
3: basically going to elaborate on the story in Rebels. Yeah, well,
4: that's my exact point about this. I Or were they just going to retcon the To me, the Obi-Wan and Maul story was wrapped up in Rebels. You guys, meaning Lucasfilm, chose that format that show to wrap that story up and I actually like how it wraps up you know I know that's another one of those things that you know people either love or hate that final duel between Obi-Wan and Maul and Rebels I thought it was pretty cool um and you know I've said on the show before and I've said it in conversation with people before if they knew back when they were making that season of Rebels, that Obi-Wan as a show was a possibility, I do firmly believe that they would have been like, hey guys, hold up on that mall stuff. We want to save that for the live action show. If that hadn't happened in Rebels, then that's probably what we would be seeing in the Obi-Wan show. And I really do believe that. Of course, yeah. But that's not what happened. We got that story told in, Obi- in, uh, in Rebels. So... If you wanted to bring Ob, uh, if you wanted to bring Maul into the show, then you have so many hurdles to get over. Of like, well, Maul can't know that Obi-Wan's on Tatooine, so you have to have them meet somewhere else. And honestly, some these are some of the same hurdles they're having to deal with with Vader. But <coughs> I think it makes it even more difficult. We already know how. Maul and Obi-Wan storyline ends because of Rebels. And then what I thought was really funny in this Hollywood Reporter article was that um, they mentioned, oh, and for some reason, uh, they dropped Ray Park and dropped that whole idea of using Maul. Uh, And... Uh, there is no for 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 some reason. The reason is the dude basically posted revenge porn on his Instagram a couple. I I was
3: I thought that's what it was, but I wasn't gonna bring it in.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Park is
3: that's a terrible thing to do to someone.
4: He's got some fucked up things going on. I like clearly there's something not right with Ray Park. you know know. the dude needs some help um that was a couple years ago maybe he has gotten help since then maybe whatever but regardless (laughs) there is no mystery to me like if this story was true there's no mystery in my mind why lucasfilm wouldn't be interested in working with ray park in that kind of capacity in fact it's pretty obvious why they wouldn't right right but
3: that's, to me, easily recast. The makeup is so heavy. You just need to find a good martial artist. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly.
4: Exactly. And they're even, you know, I'm not a big fan of Sam Witwer, but he's who does the voice of Maul now, even in Solo. When we saw right. Ray Park as Maul, it was Sam Witwer doing the voice. Um So there's no problem there. Right. So Continuity-wise. Nope. You could literally just get a kick-ass martial artist. Shave their head, slap the paint on their face.
3: I mean, I'm pretty sure one of the body doubles in the Mandalorian is a pretty kick-ass martial artist. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. So, anyways.
4: um, And then, you know, there were other pieces in this article about how, you know, Dave Filoni and crew... Uh, encouraged the new writer and Deborah Chow to go really big with the Obi-Wan series. And it was that point that they decided to bring in Vader and the Inquisitors and so on and so forth. And reading that, I thought it was really interesting. It seemed a little off, partially because they kind like I said, they just blew over the whole um, Ray Park thing, no pun intended. And yeah. then... um. So, a godsend happened right because when something like this comes out and oftentimes and and I say it on the show a lot <clears throat> you know something like hollywood reporter or deadline or the rap fairly consistently reliable when it comes to this kind of stuff right this isn't like yeah. we got this covered or Inside the Magic, or some other bullshit clickbaity site. site, um, you know, making this shit up for attention. It's a very reputable place. So, initially, I was like, wow, that's, it's interesting. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, thankfully, good buddy Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm debunked the whole thing and said it was bullshit.
3: Oh, well, that's great. Yeah.
4: Yeah, man. And that, to me, that makes, I love when that happens because that takes away that ammunition for anybody that wants to be shitty, either before the show happens or when the show is happening. Because, you know, this could be the best thing you know they uh, the the review quote that they always use for Star Wars. Oh, it's the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back. That's always what they do, right? Right. This could legitimately be the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back, and there would be people that would be like, if if that information was out there and it wasn't addressed, would be like, oh yeah, but it would have been better if they went with the original storyline yeah with mall the
3: first storyline was better than the first (laughs) storyline yeah yeah
4: so like and i i also understand why they can't always address that sort of thing and when they can't always clarify it but when they can boy is it helpful (laughs) boy is it helpful because otherwise and honestly
3: like you said removal of ammunition
4: yeah well honestly on the other hand, it also doesn't really matter sometimes, right? Because <laughs> mo- I guarantee you more people read the article about, oh, this was the original storyline for Obi-Wan than read the storyline or read the article that's like, oh, by the way, Lucasfilm employee debunks that story. <sighs> so... Um, Regardless though, it, it, it at least gives somebody the tools they need to point to that if that ever comes up. Like not right. that I'm into arguing with folks on Twitter anymore. That ship sailed a long time ago.
3: I mean, yeah, and that's uh that's an exercise in high blood pressure. Buddy, my life
4: is an exercise in high blood pressure. <laughs> and I get this and I'm not joking, I get this ringing in my right ear.
3: Oh my goodness. And you get real stressed out.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like just this high, super high pitched like I feel like I can hear a dog whistle. Yeah. It's um hasn't happened in a while though. Um that's good. Doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. But there was and I, I imagine part of that is doing my best to get healthy this year, so Right. But yeah. <clears throat> um I did think it was interesting. I thought it was interesting mostly because I've always thought that if the mall storyline didn't get wrapped up the way it did in Rebels that Obi or that that he would be the potential antagonist for um the Obi-Wan show. And then when they bring him back into live action and solo, like that added another wrinkle to it. Like, well,
3: it was like, Oh, this dude's coming back in some form.
4: Yeah. And, and obviously it seems like the plan would have had him being, um, the antagonist antagonist in the sequel to solo or whatever. Shape or form that took place, right?
3: Yeah, he would be the big bad in-game boss.
4: Yeah, but it, but then once again, to me, that raises an interesting question because unless and you could have done this unless the follow-up movie wasn't necessarily a full-on direct sequel to Solo. Maybe it even focused on Kira more. Right, it was more of a yeah. Kira movie. Then you could do this, but if this was a Solo sequel and it was it followed Han. And Chewie and Kira and Lando and so on and so forth. You can never have Han come into contact with Darth Maul and have Darth Maul portray himself as a Force user, right? Because in A New Hope, Han Solo is like, I've fucking flown from one end of the galaxy to the n- another and I've never seen anything that makes me believe in some all- knowing force that holds the galaxies together whatever that line is right yeah because if he had seen it if he had interacted with darth maul and darth maul does any kind of force chicanery around han solo then that scene changes then that scene when will is to ta- or will <laughs> clearly i think of you as luke will uh mm-hmm. when luke is talking to han uh he would be like look kid i know it sounds crazy but when i was your age I was running stuff with my buddy Chewbacca here and my ex-girlfriend Kira, she was involved with this crazy bastard and I'm pretty sure he had the force, <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah, he was moving things with his mind.
4: Or whatever it would be. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they ever, whatever it was that they planned to do with Maul, I would be
3: interesting. I, I mean, bet it was mostly Kira. Like I bet, you know the Mall Kira interaction probably we'd get to see again, but I doubt Han would even interact with Mall. Yeah, you're probably it's one probably of... all Kira.
4: Yeah, I mean that would I would have imagined that's how you'd have to do it, right? You would think. <clears throat> um, and obviously, there's been rumors about just about everybody getting their own Disney plus show in some form or the other, whether it's animated or whatever, but there seemed for a little while there, there seemed to be some reoccurring rumors of a Darth Maul or Crimson Dawn and Darth Maul slash Kira focused project in the works. Um, And I honestly, I feel like I heard it being described as both animated and live action. So maybe that clues us in that neither was right and it was all bullshit. But regardless, they seem to be going around there a while and I ain't heard shit about that since. So that makes me wonder. uh, Once again, I think that just shows like when you got Ray Park fucking flaunting his dingaling on Instagram and being all kinds of fucked up, might throw some. Yeah, say in some thanks but out. no thanks. Yeah, thanks but no thanks. That's what I would say. Would say to that dude. I wonder if he'll be in in uh, involved in celebration this year, because Ray Park, like, that dude, heavily involved in celebration. He make it a
3: signature fortune.
4: Like he would. You'd always see him on the live streams. He'd always be like, you know, doing panels or like the in-between stuff interviews and being like, this is how you twirl a lightsaber or, you know, things like that. Like, you know,
3: like a lot of people
4: who who um, get some recognition because of Star Wars and then don't necessarily have the best luck transitioning into something else like understandably. Like they lean
3: real hard on that Star yeah. Wars stuff.
4: I would do it too, you know.
3: It's not used for an electrified toad in the, in, you know, in the, in the Marvel universe, the X Men universe anymore.
4: Yeah, I mean, in Ray Park, not for nothing. Besides the Phantom Menace, he was in the first um, X Men movie, and he was in. I want to say both of the first two G.I. Joe movies is Snake Eyes. Oh, wow. So, you know, he was out there doing stuff. I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that I'm just not aware of. That's the big (laughs) stuff that jumps out to me. He was the Merc without a mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, that's really been it. That's really been it this week is that Hollywood Reporter uh, story. The rumor about Damon Lindelof. There was a pretty um, nice interaction on social media. You know, I give Twitter and social media its uh, due share of shit, but um, in and actually, I believe it was in that same Hollywood Reporter <coughs> um, article where they mentioned uh the uh kid that's playing Luke and Obi-Wan by name, the actor. And then uh Mark Hamill on Twitter shouted him out and said like, oh he looks like the perfect young Luke. He has my blessing. You know, Mark Hamill's a fucking class act. So uh that was really cool. And then like the kid's Twitter account responded to him. It was just nice to see, you know? Um That's awesome. And then Uh, the only other thing I saw of note that isn't, I'm trying real hard to avoid all the Obi-Wan stuff because it's really common fast and furious. But the only other thing I saw of note was um, a stat for the Book of Boba Fett. And it had it listed as um, having a total clocked minutes watched of 885 million uh, for the week of its finale. Okay. And that is, that's strong. That's pretty strong. I think that puts it in like the top three or four um, for that week. <clears throat> and apparently that number grew week by week, meaning like it topped off at that, but those that number got bigger as the week went on. Right. So, you know, it seemed like Book of Boba Fett did all right, and that's nice. I'd like to hear that. Hell yeah! I don't know that it did well enough to get us a second season. That would be real nice.
3: Real nice. Even if it does or it doesn't, I just like that Boba's still out there. You know, Big Bad Boba is out there, and Tamor Morrison's still down mm-hmm. to play him. Yeah, like, I, I, like I like that. That, too. that exists. I like that it's open. You know, I
4: like that it's open and it's at least a possibility. Maybe he doesn't get his own show again. Maybe that doesn't get a second season. But it's always going to be a possibility. He that can he show up it. in The Mandalorian at any point from now on. Yeah, and you know what? You know what I want to see? I want to see it so bad. I'm speaking it into existence. I think they call it manifesting, Will. Season, yes. season three of the Mandalorian. Like, I hope that shit is so fucking good, man. I hope we get in there and we're like, God dang, this is good, man. This is awesome. Star Wars TV. I'm having such a blast. You know, we're three episodes in four episodes in five episodes in. And then that sixth episode, all Boba Fett, no Din Ah,
3: <laughs> that would be the best troll of all time. Oh my goodness.
4: Guys, I know. I think Mandalorian season three is still in production. It's probably close to wrapping up, but you got time, man. Work
3: some of that Lucasfilm magic on the set. Filoni speaks to Favreau and he's like, what if we just give Boba Fett a whole episode? How how crazy would that be?
4: Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love it. <coughs> but um, <clears throat>
3: Favreau's like, ha ha
4: ha ha. Do it. <laughs> Let me get the budget together. All right do it. So, do you want to hear from some of our friends? We got some buddies to hear
3: from. You know it.
4: Alright.
2: Kia D!
1: Kia D! Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D! Cockhead! Running around so you Cockhead! He's a big Surian stud, he loves to split chicks with his hood, D Cockhead. Cockhead!
3: To stroke his cone and suck on his balls, D Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping and spin-
4: So, if you guys, if you're listening to to the show and you're like, man, I want to send in an email or a voicemail. I want to chop it up with these guys. Easy enough to do. It's easy enough to do. Blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Hit a little bit of a pothole there. Did you hear that? Sizzle. I thought it was sizzle. Oh, you thought it was the Michael Jackson
3: sizzle? I I thought it was like, ah, ah. I got you. No. No, I hit a pothole. I should it have played did, it off. It all. created a dramatic pause. Like <laughs> I, People were inching forward in their seat for a little bit. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt it was. I was. I okay. was like, all right. Well, what do
4: I know? Not much. Trust me. All right. Let's hear from our buddy, Jim.
1: What's up, Pauls and Will? Good evening. I hope you are both doing well. Uh, I had a question about the obi-wan series i've been trying to think about how this rematch of the century is gonna go and if i were in the writer's room i the easiest thing would be to me would be just uh, a dream sequence standoff between obi-wan and anakin you know and maybe even anakin has a red lightsaber uh and they don't know where they are you know where each other are um, Because other than that, it, it, if you have Ewan McGregor against Darth Vader in the suit, then, I mean, how are we going to... Uh, the overpowered, you know, ballet that is the prequels, which is what we would all expect from Ewan McGregor, isn't going to match the New Hope Darth Vader. So it would be hard unless, you know, sort of like uh, in Rebels, how... It only took a few moves for Obi-Wan to take out Darth Because he's been meditating and concentrating So the fighting styles might change And if they do any of that crazy stuff The other one will take him out I don't know how to, how to think about it So I know they're not going to be <laughs> They're not going to have Darth Vader doing backflips And all that Or maybe they will What do you guys think? I, uh, I, I guess that's it I, I, I'm thinking about some percentage questions I might hit you up with that next week <laughs> All right, gentlemen, ignite the green.
4: So, um, I legitimately think we will see and McGregor versus Vader in the suit. I think they've kind of spelled that out in all the articles and stuff. <coughs> um, obviously I agree with Jim. I don't think it's going to be as acrobatic And uh, flashy as some of the prequel lightsaber fights.
3: If you're worried about seeing Hayden Christensen, I feel like Obi-Wan is strong enough to rip his helmet off if he really wanted to, you know, with the force. Yeah,
4: and I legitimately also think we're going to see Hayden play Anakin and Darth Vader. Like, I just, I don't know. I mean I could end up being very would, surprised and Hayden wasn't as around as much as I thought he was for the filming of this, I mean, right?
3: Again, have him around for Star Wars and not play both Anakin and mm-hmm. you know and Vader, like the missed opportunity in my opinion. Uh,
4: well, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying where you have this opportunity where you get both these actors back. Right. And in the time, since we last saw them portray these roles, a lot has happened, including the clone wars, which made great strides in building the Anakin and Obi-Wan relationship even further than what we saw in the movie. Right. And in a lot of ways, clone wars, um, because I liked it so much, strengthened my feelings towards the prequels so you have all of that history you have uh, a whole generation of prequel fans who that is their trilogy much like we grew up where the original trilogy was our trilogy because that's all we had there's kids that grew up that were kids kids when those came movies came out where that is their star wars that in Clone Wars, right? Right. And you're going to have the same thing with the sequels and you're going to have the same thing with the Mandalorian and so on and so forth. So you have this opportunity to not just bring them back and have them play the roles in between, but you could also do flashbacks or like Jim said, dream sequences or dream sequence flashbacks.
3: I like the meditation, uh, Dream sequence thing.
4: Where you have, like, say, since we know that Obi-Wan and Vader are going to meet up in this show and have a rematch, you have to imagine part of the storytelling, part of the story is both characters sort of um, dealing with their previous relationship with each other, right? Right. So... Um, I think you'd be kind of missing out, not showing them in their prime or something like that. That's just my opinion. Um, now, uh, I think you can have an Obi-Wan versus Vader fight and what you do, like, I think the smart way to do it is to have the choreography be somewhere in between the Revenge of the Sith fight and the A New Hope fight. Because obviously, you don't want it to be as stiff and awkward as the A New Hope fight. And you don't want it to be as flashy and prequel era lightsaber battle as the Revenge of the Sith fight. You know, right. you know, Obi-Wan has been in exile for nine or ten years now. Vader's I- in the suit.
3: I was going say, I feel like Vader being in the suit, the simple lim- lim- limitations of choreography within the Vader suit will do that for you. Like, yeah. we'll limit it to make it, and you know, a slower type of
4: fight. Exactly. And you can have him a little more, um, I don't even mean acrobatic, because I'm with Jim, I don't want Vader don't want hopping that. around and fighting. No. But I not, like
3: his power being like the crushing and the yeah. pulling and choking and the throwing.
4: But you can have him more mobile than in the original trilogy, even just a bit because he's younger. You know, we're talking however long yeah. it is before the original trilogy. And you can Dude, also. What if Obi-Wan cuts off three of his limbs again? I don't think like, that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be funny from the high ground. Yeah. It would be funny, and it would.
3: That's why he says the last. But I am now the master. The last right. we met, I was but the pupil. That's
4: a good point. All right, let's. What hear. does he say? I don't know. Let's uh, hear from Jake.
3: Okay.
0: Hey, what's going on, you guys? Um, the end of your last show. The uh, question about uh, any Jedi you think would appear in the obi-wan show got the old mine grapes a-churning and uh hear me out there's definitely no way in mustafar this would actually happen but picture this start of the obi-wan show you go to the planet we saw in the trailer Dayu. that you know beautiful looking rainy hong kong neon soaked look inquisitor shows up to track down the one and only Kiati Mundi. You just see a cyborg head, big old cyborg cock, shiny, glistening, in that beautiful neon and rain, complete with eye patch as well from the uh, Kiati Mundi concept art, and you see him fight an inquisitor. And uh, he barely survives, and he heads to Tatooine to get some more mod work done because if uh, Book of Boba Fett taught us anything, it's the place to go. If you're a mod, get some mod work. And uh, we see the dad of Thundercat do mod work for him. And that's how the Inquisitors... Um, know about Tatooine and head there. And then that's where we uh, begin the Obi Wan show. And maybe that guy hanging there, what if they catch Kiati and he's the one hanging? Just uh, wanted to be silly with a uh, good old cockhead himself, Kiotti, And uh, let me know what you guys think. Check you guys later. Uh,
4: look, I don't know that anything would make me happier. Like, especially for our podcast, right? Because we've been toot tooting the Kiadi Mundy horn for fucking years now. Years. We would it be like,
3: Told you guys. Told you guys.
4: Um so I legit I mean, I know our buddy was just joking around, and I legitimately think we see the person that was hanging. I think we see him in that one scene in the trailer where the Inquisitor is stopping someone in what looks like a market and holding out her lightsaber. Yeah. Reva, the Inquisitor. But you know how Marvel does the shenanigans in um, their movies where they'll switch out characters and trailers? For instance, in the Infinity War trailer, there was that scene of all the Avengers running at the screen and Hulk was there. And in the final movie, Hulk's not there. It's Bruce Banner and the Hulk Buster armor. But for the trailer to not give that away, they switched them out. Uh, You know, they also did some similar shenanigans with the Spider-Man trailer for the last Spider-Man movie. I didn't know that. So, it would delight me to no end if they did some trailer shenanigans like that for Obi-Wan. And what they did was <laughs> hiding the fact that ki Mundy mundi was in it.
3: That would be funny. <clears throat> uh,
4: speaking of Jedi coming back, there's been this thing going on this week where Samuel L. Jackson... He is really pushing to come back as Mace Windu.
3: I saw that. Uh, he basically said, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Yeah, he said, "Like I'll learn how to lightsaber
4: fight left-handed. There's plenty of people who l- lose a hand and come back in Star Wars. And he's not wrong. And as we talked about last week, you know, when people would interview Ewan McGregor before the Obi-Wan thing, and he was like, yeah, I would definitely come back. Lucasfilm brought him in when we're like, hey man, like we like you, you like us. Were you just being nice or did you really mean that? I wouldn't be surprised with him throwing it out there if the talks aren't at least being bandied about. It would be cool. Man, our buddy I mean, Evan would be so stoked. I'd be so happy yeah. for that dude.
3: I saw the <laughs> the people complaining that are like, oh, can we just leave dead characters dead? And uh, I was like, dude, that's a Jedi master that went out a window. Like, there's no, even when I saw it happen, I was like, there's no guarantee Mace Windu is dead.
4: There's plenty of deaths in Star Wars that I think should play, stay permanent. You know, it's kind of like how in Marvel comics, you never bring back Uncle Ben. Right. Right. And they probably have tried at some point.
3: Like, I'm sure there's an alternate universe where he happily married or some to May. A, a clone shows
4: up, or who knows. All right, <clears throat> let's hear a voicemail from Mr. 100, Kobe. Kobe.
2: Hey, Hawes and Will. It's your boy, Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. Um, how's it hanging? Obviously, I hope it's hanging clean. Keeping it clean. Um, I just got to... Oh, I goodness. have one pretty simple question this week i just gotta start off by saying uh i just found my favorite will Witten quote of all time Uh-oh. and there's some good ones in there Uh-oh. but in the last episode i'm listening and this this shit sounded so great I, i'm not gonna lie i was kind of like in and out i was driving and i was gonna i was focusing but i kind of had something i was doing and um I, it kind of caught me off guard because i didn't pay attention to the full thing that was being said and I kind of just heard it out of context but it really struck my ear and it was you know if Dave Filoni has his hand in there it's gonna fart <laughs> that, that shit killed me I love that that's like my favorite out of context blue harvest quote ever um, anyway love that that was, that was. I just wanted to let you know how, how I got a chuckle out of that So. Um, anyway my question this week um is i'm going to list like five or so characters and i'll give you a little bit of time in between each, e- in between each one that i list and you tell me what you think their favorite uh band or musician is uh i will start off with Anakin Skywalker and you can pause in between if you need to to answer and then
4: ooh
3: Anakin Skywalker's favorite band
4: yeah Anakin Skywalker's favorite band.
3: Dude, I'm blanking so hard right now. I am too. I am too. And I feel like
4: this is something I would normally have a um immediate pull for
3: and what I'm trying because to because all the rebellious bands I think about are rebellious not in a authoritarian way. They don't want to take over. Right. Right. Well yeah he, he did say Anakin and not
4: Darth Vader. Um uh, Dashboard Confessional. What I'm trying to do is not just think of bands that I like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Anakin would probably be into some emo.
3: Overly confident.
4: Mm. Cocksure. What's overly confident cocksure music? I don't know. Stained. Oof. Yeah, he probably would be. Uh. Send in. Padme mixtapes with uh, it's been a while on it. <laughs> I could see that being something. <clears throat> Let's hear what uh, the next person is. Then
2: play Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker,
4: Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker. What music would Luke Skywalker be into? Um, Oasis. Mm, mm, I don't see that you know what I'm going to say I'm going to say this and this is a this is a direct I will know if the person this is directed towards is listening to this this episode if I receive a text about this answer would say Luke Skywalker would be into the descendants Hmm.
3: that's
4: what I would say Hmm. It's a little subliminal message for a buddy of mine <clears throat> um yeah i don't see luke being into oasis just chilling just in that garage listening to
3: wonder wall he's poppy poppy and young and hopeful yeah i see him yeah he's not spoiled young no. farm boy luke is not tainted He's full of promise. I usually be listening to, uh, thank God
4: I'm a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what's next. Ahsoka. What would Ahsoka listen to?
3: Oh man. Uh, oh, uh, what's the woman on the piano? Tori Amos. Make him away downtown oh no vanessa carlton
4: (laughs) okay all right you know i actually like a little vanessa carlton not gonna lie um (laughs) (laughs) toriam i like how i I went with that and you went with that's funny that's funny
3: emperor palpatine um emperor palpatine would listen oh, to man. like he only listens to russian classical opera music like yeah he would that's listen all he listens to
4: like he would just listen to like ominous tones you know what i mean like you'd go in and he'd be chilling in his chambers
3: the uh, soundtrack of someone coughing <laughs> continuously yeah it's like is or, someone coughing it's like no it soothes me
4: the sounds of war you know, <laughs> yeah. Depths and Despair.
3: Is someone screaming in the next room? Oh, no, that's my new soundtrack.
4: Probably listen to, like... If he did listen to music... Oh, no. Cannibal Corpse.
1: <laughs>
4: Something like that.
3: Kind of think of... What do sociopathic, manipulative overlords Ponda listen to?
4: Panda Baba. Bob. That is... <laughs> What the fuck would Ponda Baba listen to? Def Leppard. He listen to Gangnam he, Style. He would listen to Def Leppard.
3: Oh, I get it. <laughs> because he was a one-armed man.
4: Yeah. Ponda Baba would be a big Def Leppard fan. That's what I think.
3: Well, he certainly couldn't give them a round of applause. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: And then the two guys from uh, the Phantom Menace with the two heads, the, oh. the pod racing uh, announcer guys. what's uh, oh, what, what, what band do you think's all their favorites? Anyway, I uh, got to go. Peace out. Hope you guys have a good one. Keep it clean.
4: Thanks, Kobe. What would the, um, the pod race commentator guys listen to? You would have to hope they are both into the same band, right? Because if not...
3: Well, they're DJs. And they do EDM like house music, and they when they fade back and forth, they're fade, they're each picking the record on the other end, hmm. and one of them's got the headphones on while the other one's bobbing his head.
4: Okay, okay. So, what is an example? That is a, a genre that I know virtually
3: nothing about. Oh shit! I don't know. I the fact that I have to come up with a band. Hmm. I mean. Skrillex. I would say, uh no, no, no. Yeah, isn't that what that is? I mean, I guess it's dubstep, DJ stuff. Yeah. Come on, man.
4: Come on, man. You you said no, no, no. Like uh, like uh.
3: I was thinking like Daft Punk. You know, oh, okay. like I was thinking like.
4: Okay. Well, that I think that's definitely a better pull.
3: I think that especially because there's like two of them.
4: Um. Maybe they would listen to like uh a band with two vocalists and they argue over which one has the better vocals in the band
3: mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or hall and oats <laughs> yeah
4: they listen to hall and oats uh. the guy on the left he's a big daryl hall Guy, the guy on the right, he's a big John Oates guy. I like that.
3: Yeah, or a a Lennon-McCartney.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: All right, so we got
4: one email, and then we'll call it a night. This is from our boy,
3: Utah. 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 Utah.
4: Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Halls and Will. Do you think they will computer create Darth Vader's voice for the Kenobi series like they did for Luke and the Boba Fett and Mando series? Peace and love for James Earl Jones, but I think it might be a better creative decision in this case. Do you think they'll mix in bits of Anakin's voice? What would you do? Keep it lean, mean, and green, Dougie. You know I do.
3: Um... I bet they would pay James Earl Jones to throw it down, and then they would AI it if they felt like it wasn't what they wanted. Yeah, I, I I gotta, you know, peace and love to Utah
4: Dougie. I think as long as he is around and able to provide the voice of Darth Vader, let him, let him. Same thing with like Anthony Daniels. To me, there is nothing more apparent, and and there are some really good voice match. Um, voiceover artists out there that do a really good job um, not to take anything away from them but anytime it's somebody besides Anthony Daniels doing C-3PO or somebody besides James Earl Jones doing Darth Vader I think it's very it's evident super obvious yeah. um, and I liked James Earl Jones as Darth Vader in Rebels and in Rogue One so if yeah, he's me too. down to come back and he's bring able him. to come back you bring him that's what i think that's what agreed. i agreed and then once he's no longer with us you know what guys and it would be totally fine we'll be okay you retire the character of darth vader it's time love the dude love the darth vader
3: you want to bring Anakin's Force Ghost back in the future by all means.
4: Hayden Christensen it up, baby. That's what I say.
3: Give him the long hair. Doesn't matter how old he looks when he's Force Ghost. Yeah. Well,
4: they can just go in there and fucking <laughs> digital up that stuff, make him I, mean, I I, guarantee uh, I don't you, like when they do that shit. Well, sorry. I'm sorry. I guaran- I would be willing to put large sums of money down on this table right now if there are flashbacks or dream sequences or whatever in... A flashback
3: and a dream sequence is understandable.
4: Right. But if if that's what they do in Obi-Wan, both of those jokers, you and Anne Hayden, will be de-aged to some extent. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. it's going to be like...
3: uh They can't help it. Right. And I mean, it just fits. I mean, I guess when you have the ability to, why not? Yeah. Yep. Yep.
4: (laughs) So that does it for this week, buddy. Uh, thanks for recording with me. I, you know, I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, dude. I love, I love recording. Thank you for having me,
4: bro. You know, I, uh, I turned fucking 39 on Monday. Yeah, man. I'm not stoked about it. Why? Man, I don't know. I've, just feel old and stupid and
3: you're on a health kick you should feel invigorated you would nude. think
4: you would think bah anyways um listen guys you should leave us a five star review on iTunes that is what you guys should do it really helps us out Helps other people find us. 225 or so of you have already done it. And man, do we appreciate that. So join the crowd of those cool kids. Uh, if you really enjoy our theme song, you know, that kick ass shit that kicks every episode of this podcast off, you should check out Stoned Cobra. They are on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And if you enjoy video games, and video game chat. You should check out mine and Steve's video game podcast, High Potion. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and we're coming up on the not too far from hitting the year anniversary of that podcast. And Hell yeah. not, not too far from hitting the seven-year anniversary of this podcast. Hey, hey. So. Um,
3: Lucky number seven.
4: Do all that stuff for us, guys. We'd really appreciate it and until next week um, this has been Blue Harvest and I'm Hall's Burkhart and I'm Will Whit. may the force be with you may the force be
3: with all of you may the
4: force
1: be with us